Welcome to the Adele and Michael Show. We talk about relationships, what goes on in and behind relationships, you know, the invisible part of it, right, Michael? Things we see, things we don't see, and things that you maybe don't even want to talk about. Yeah, I say that, but we're here to talk about it, all right? <laughs> um, but we're here with Sun Goddess Ashley from LA. Hi, Ashley. Yes. Hi, Ashley. So glad to have you with us. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Ashley is a certified um, astrological professional from the International Society of Astrological Research. Um, you're a tarot reader as a, a member of the American Tarot Association. I mean, she's done it all. Dream interpreter, right? <laughs> Working as a spiritual counselor in L.A. So um, maybe you could tell us more about you other than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yes, my main uh, passion is Vedic astrology. And um, just helping people, really. So when I meet with people, I just really want to be present with them and have that connection where we can help them focus on their um, purpose, their main purpose, and sort of focus towards healing. Because that's what we're all here to do. And and a lot of times people want to know about relationships and careers so astrology can be really helpful for that to give guidance in that in those areas but it's also so much deeper than that and so much deeper than just fortune telling um yeah, really i want to know what color car <laughs> yes i want to know what color car i'm gonna buy yeah. next week or no. <laughs> who's gonna drop a bag of money in my neighborhood <laughs> Well, actually, everything can be deduced from the chart. So I could tell you what color cars are more lucky for you or less lucky for you. <laughs> to drive. We, but it's, we all have this free will. So you can you can choose whatever you want or what you're naturally inclined for. Um, but we all have this sort of wiring, uh, kind of a pre predisposition wiring of um, our preferences and our choices. And it's largely based upon the chart. It's a fascinating science to really get into. We yeah. love the chart that you did for us. That was fun. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. it, right? <laughs> yeah. It was. Mm -hmm. Now, what got you into astrology? Uh, you know, I think what got me into astrology was uh, it had so much appeal for psychology because I just really wanted to learn more about people and human psychology and the way that they tick. And it seemed just like a kind of a interesting science. There were a lot of like, uh, I guess, archetypes that accompany the signs. And I think that's what sort of drew me in at first was learning about the different archetypes and the different signs. And then once I opened that door, I thought, oh, okay, this can go on forever. This study just goes on and on and on. There, you will never learn enough about astrology to know everything. Um, so just, I think that it was the psychology aspect. And I do have a, a background in psychology and counseling therapies. So I found that this was a, going to be a really helpful tool um, for me to kind of learn more about and use in my counseling practices, I guess. <laughs> so did you already have a clientele before you started the astrology or was that what you walked into? Um, uh, no, actually, I started uh, learning about astrology, just basic sun sign astrology when I was in high school. Um, and then, at, you know, during college, it kind of 
it was just a side interest because there aren't, uh, I guess, academic programs here in the West for certification of astrology. You can become a, a therapist or a psychologist, but to be a professional um, astrologer, it wasn't really available. So it was always kind of like a side interest for me. And it, it just kind of grew and developed. And actually, I, I feel like I was more comfortable providing tarot card readings for people professionally before I was actually comfortable enough to offer astrology services. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, I yeah. know we did our charts. Um, it was it was really enjoyable because even though we were looking at the charts online, you know, it was through Zoom, which was pretty cool. You put it up on the screen and you showed us everything, all the different things, but you also had that intuitive piece. So you kind of went off on different things, which is really good. Really fun. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that, um, your experience of that. I, I feel like the intuitive piece is really the connection. That's what people are really looking for. Like people just want to know, are they being seen or are they being heard? You know, am I, am I validated in those ways? And I think that you can have so much book knowledge and you can be so smart and in any field or any career. But if you don't have that connection and that intuition on kind of getting the the essence beneath all of the terminology and all of the, I guess, um, analyzing, you don't get the actual essence, then you don't have that connection. You never make made that connection. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's really important. That, that is very true about the validation. People are people are looking for that. You know, it just messes up. Everything that you do, if you're chasing validation, right, Michael, Mm -hmm. you chase it, then so many things get in the way of just experiencing the present moment and enjoying yourself because you're chasing and you have like an ulterior motive of everything that you do. And I really, I feel like you guys really understand the value of that as well and the power of that because I had a session with you guys as well. And it it was incredible, like just how seen I felt in such a short amount of time. That in itself was very healing for me, and I just I knew that what you had was just so special. So I I just also appreciate those services. Well, that's cool. oh. Thank you for that. Too. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Cool. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Now when when you did so you you did um, tarot first. Was that your first step into the? The other zone so i think astrology came first as far as like intrigue and study but as far as providing it for the public um the, the study with astrology and tarot kind of were parallel but separate interests of study and they came at different times i think astrology came first and then i kind of got into taking um local tarot classes at a metaphysical st- uh, shop in in seattle washington where i'm from yeah. and, and um, yeah, it just kind of, um, I guess, came from that. So I don't know. I, I guess um, I just felt more comfortable providing tarot card readings. I started with my friends and they're like, you're really good at this. Like, you need to charge. I was like, okay, why not? And yeah. you, do you have a deck yeah. preference or do you um, yeah. you jump you jump around? Yeah. Um, I always do my readings with the Rider Waite. It's the most classic 
deck. Yeah. I have so many decks that I don't use in professional readings. I kind of play with them. I feel like I kind of collect tarot decks. Mm-hmm. Um, and like marbles, them. right? <laughs> what yeah. is it? I said like marbles or, or <laughs> crystals. I collect yeah. them. Yeah. 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 You can never have enough crystals. You can never have enough tarot decks. That's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. <laughs> Ashley, tell me about your um, target audience. Like, who do you typically, yeah, bring through? Humans. (laughs) That's a good story. People over the age of 18, preferably. I do, I have done like parties um, and events where people hire me to do uh, group readings or birthday parties, and I've done um, kids' readings. But honestly, it's, it's, uh, tarot is really helpful when people have more life experience to draw upon. So you can give very simple, sweet messages to kids, but preferably, I think anyone over the age of 18. Um, and, um, I think anyone in search of healing, again, I, that's really what, what it's all about because when people come to you for a reading, they're wanting clarity usually on a situation some some of the times people just want entertainment they just want to be entertained which is right fine too but i don't find it as it, it can be a very effective tool mm-hmm. um when someone is in kind of a relationship predicament or a choice that they need to make in life and they're unsure which what's the best path or basically i don't know it's just kind of a mirror for people so anyone that really i think is wanting healing i think that the majority of my clients are women Okay. Um, I would say, and I don't know if that if there's a specific reason for that. I don't know if maybe women are just more open to asking for advice or having guidance. Um, it's not always the case, though. I mean, I get men coming to me too, but um, I think most the most important thing about life is relationships, and I think and this is a very stereotypical thing, but women tend to prioritize relationships, where men tend to prioritize career or security to, and those are just you know i guess those so natural people that come to us right yeah the women the women come to the men <laughs> well it, it it's always been like that yeah, so yeah. i've been doing this stuff since the 70s so ever mm-hmm. since then it's always been you might it might be one guy to 50 100 women yeah absolutely it was why so is that? why do you think that is uh, it, there's a lot of reasons. One, it's it's safer for the women to adventure into this area, <laughs> and um, men are typically, at least in the day, men were trained to be more cynical, yeah. logical, and practical. So this was a little too um, on the edge of not real. So they weren't really there, yeah. and and they were also taught not to be uh, sensately aware. They were more like, do it with your hands, hands on, do it with your brain. This this works. Women were allowed to be more creative and more sensitive. Um, so it, for that time, that was a lot of it. And I think now it's just evolving out of that consciousness. Because I'd probably right. say it's it's 15% to 85% now. I think yeah. That's, yeah. that's about what I would say, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's fairly consistent even in you know, across the board with the metaphysical arts. <laughs> yeah. And at least in this country, I know it is. I know in India, it's, it's traditionally a male-dominated field. So it's, it's really unusual for 
women to become, you know, astrologers because the astrologers were priests and pundits and that was a male role. So yeah, but I even found when I was there that the, the same amount of division between men and women were still more women really? coming. Like not necessarily doing the, the, the diviners, so to speak. Right. But as far as the people participating, mm -hmm. there were still more women than men. Yeah, you know? that's fascinating. So it, it is. It does seem to be. But you're right. That that did happen culturally the way that they did it. What we find funny is that, I guess, over the years, maybe 10 years, since we've been working with couples and the, the, the women would bring their husbands here or boyfriends here, right? Yeah. And then the, the, the men were like, this makes sense. And then sometimes the women go, okay, the, he keeps applying what we're saying, what they're saying, and I'm not applying it fast enough. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. A lot of times that happens. It's funny. <laughs> yep. A lot, it's, um, a lot longer than, than 10 years. Yeah. You're, uh, you're short in our time. You just want us to sound younger, I guess. Yeah, um, I am young. <laughs> the, but the, when the women would bring the men originally, let's, let's say 30 years ago, the women would, would bring their husbands in and they were more like, here they are, fix them. Yeah. They're broken. <laughs> they don't understand me. Let's do it. And yeah. The, they would get started and the guys would go, oh, this is logical now because I, for the work that I did, I really kind of shifted everything to being much more logical and practical and a little bit more palatable to, to the male. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, well, this makes sense. Well, this is just like da da da, da. And they're going, oh, okay. Oh, also, too, they would say, oh, there's an answer to this issue that I'm having as a couple. Like, I've never heard it that way. Okay. It's not so it's just a cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, I love that one. So, I think that there still is this stigma around therapies, around um again the divination art um i i do feel like there is kind of this like it's kind of i don't know a better way to say it but kind of like a bottom shelf kind of secretive like you know hide this and i don't want anyone to know i'm going to a fortune teller or when i think that that's kind of like the, the label even fortune teller is kind of old school too like i'm not in a caravan like you know peddling uh -huh. readings yeah, but I yeah I think um it's just a it's there's a lot of stigma I think that even um even in the past several years I think this is becoming more widely accepted around the world and especially here in the West I think a lot of people now pretty much everybody knows at least their sun sign right they know what sign they are they they know of astrology they there tends to be a little bit more of an acceptance I think. Mm -hmm. And they're open to personal work, which I kind of like more and more mm -hmm. these guys. So calling all guys, everybody hear you? <laughs> We're telling you, if you're listening, give us a call, Ashley, Michael, and Adele. Let's go. Ryan, <laughs> put it out there. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the the fortune teller. Um, it, it partly was propagated because there was a whole. We'll call it a sect of gypsies that are your typical fortune tellers with the globe and and the corner come in, I'm open 
kind of thing. <laughs> and that was all that was kind of publicly seen. And so people knew them as these gypsies, and they, they truly were gypsies. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's what became more publicly known until probably, I'm going to say, until like the 90s. About the 90s, it started to develop toward what we're doing today and seeing the way it is now. It's so fascinating how things can evolve like that, because even like scrying or divinity, uh, reading like chicken bones or, yes. re- or runes, like those things are so ancient. And even tarot goes way back as well. So I think it's interesting to see how things evolve over time. And there are certain um, cultures that sort of adapt this um, lifestyle yep. and, and how they express that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool to watch, to see them yeah. all differently the same. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else you'd like to tell about yourself or <laughs> oh um well i i don't know i guess um i'm available for readings in yeah, the Los Angeles area. Yeah. get your plug in now let's let's put it out there <laughs> get, okay, get okay. she's really great yeah so thank you my website is sun goddess ashley and you can find me on instagram as well sun goddess ashley or sun goddess astrology um and yeah awesome i wanted to ask you about um your experience having a chart reading with me because uh, i do vedic astrology which is different than western tropical astrology i use a different system completely so did you have any sort of um i guess ideas or like notions coming in of how it would be and if it was different in any way what did you experience well first i would like you to define the two because when you explained it to me when we first met i loved it for for those listening for those listening and then i can share yeah Mm -hmm. okay okay so um i would say basically the main difference there's several differences the main ones are that uh, vedic astrology uh, comes from india Western tropical astrology is really popular here in the West. The, the, the difference is the measurement system. Pretty much there's this ayanamsha, which is um, the calculation between the two systems. Um, and so the, the, the uh, astronomical coordinates are different. So instead of using tropical coordinates, we use sidereal coordinates. That sidereal is based upon the stars and the stars' positions, the constellations in the sky, where they actually are. And um, tropical astrology uses tropical coordinates. So they use seasonal astrology. And if you go online, you hear it's like Aries season, it's Taurus season. Western astrology is really helpful when you are predicting the weather um, because it is seasonal. Um, But as far as we are this stardust, we are um, where the sky meets the earth. And that that influence is only from the stars, which can be seen from the sidereal astrology. So that's the main difference. Also, additionally, um, well, there's so many traditions, but but um, the outer planets aren't really regarded as um, planetary rulers. So like Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto were discovered later. So we use the Navagraha, the Nava meaning nine and Graha meaning planets. So there's nine planets in astrology, the so seven classical planets, and then Rahu and Ketu. Um, so we we consider 
even planets differently? Like what, what is most important to look at in the chart? And then the last thing is there's more of an emphasis on the moon sign for Vedic astrology, where Western astrology focuses on the sun sign. And I think that's probably the most glaring difference. <laughs> yeah, I have had many birth charts explained to me, but I felt yours not as limited and surfaced. It was kind of like it opened up the way you explained it. Um, I don't know. I feel like I just got more out of it. And, it, and I didn't know whether you were just being intuitive and just doing it or you were because of what you were looking at. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, that, I mean, yeah. this is not my forte, but that's how I felt when I was, when you were doing it. Oh, that's cool. I think, I think that, um, maybe that there's a lot of merits to Western astrology. I came from that before I started practicing, uh, you know, Vedic astrology, but um, I do feel like there are, are more archetypes and themes and more generalizations and general themes where Vedic astrology can get really specific, and it's a much more accurate system. It was um, right on. Yeah, cool. when you want to look at the uh, personality of the person, you have to look to the moon. You have to look to the moon sign, and um, there are twenty-seven moon signs in Vedic astrology, whereas Western astrology, it is more general because it is based on the sun sign and there's only 12 sun signs. That's there's it. still those same 12 sun signs in the Vedic system. You still have the 12 sun signs, but additionally, you have those 27 moon signs within those sun signs that give more of a refined uh, lens or perspective on that sun sign characteristic. So, and that really, really tells you so much about who the person is that you're speaking with, who you're talking to, because the moon is the day marker and the sun is the month marker. So really, uh, the, the day is going to show the difference in personalities rather than the month. Mm -hmm. It was definitely more specific. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, um, so what you're saying in the difference between the moon and the sun as far as the day and the month is that the day is more moment to moment about the person versus an overview of the person. Yeah. Right. So we make watches and clocks based upon the planetary movement in the sky. So basically when we're looking at a so when we're looking at a natal chart, we're looking at time frozen but it's a snapshot of a clock. So the ascendant changes every two hours. That's the second hand. The moon changes every day, and that's the minute hand. And then you have the hour hand, which is the sun, which changes every month. So these three things are the most important really to look at. It's kind of the trifecta of like, where are we in time? What, what month is it? What day is it? What time is it? And that really can show you so much about a person, just those things. And then you also have the other planets, the outer planets. Cool. That's good. Well, you know yeah. your stuff. Well, I, have one, I have one last question before sure. we wrap up. And it is, how does um, Vedic astrology read, um, well, we'll call it karma. 
poor soul soul transmission of information versus the human transmission. Okay. This is a huge topic. All right. So we have and, to do it in a short span. Okay, but, I'll try to summarize. <laughs> so um my understanding is that everything is pretty much karma. Like this whole life is a karmic experience. What we're dest it's basically this destiny that we're supposed to fulfill. And this life is a bank balance left over from previous lives. So there's um, this understanding in Vedic astrology of reincarnation. And um, I do prescribe to that as well, that belief system. So um, there are several charts that you can look at, not just the natal chart. You can look at the Navamsha chart, and that's the soul chart. So that'll basically show, it's, it kind of shows who you are besides this birth. It's like who you are on a bigger scale and all of the lives um, combined that you've had kind of create this whole of the soul. And that's seen in the Navamsha chart, the ninth, harm, uh, ninth harmonic or ninth divisional chart. The Rashi chart, the birth chart shows one slice of the karma that is allotted to you in this life. Now, Dharma is the actions that you take. It's right actions that you take. It's your purpose. And we all have a choice on how we act and how we behave and how we think. And that is dharma. What we are meant to, to experience, who we're meant to meet, um, that is karma, basically. And we're always cashing in and creating a new balance for karma for the next life. And it's kind of this, you know, unending cycle. People really want moksha. They really want liberation from this cycle of death and rebirth. And so when their actions are aligned for dharma and for their highest purpose and for good, and they're not creating these karmic situations of basically earth and life experience through desires and um, what have you and attachments, um, they're able to free themselves out of the bonds that bring us back here. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but this place is kind of hard. <laughs> just a little. Just a little. <laughs> but yeah i think um everything that in the chart is pretty much i would say everything in the chart is is karma i mean an allotment or a description of your karmas and there can be good and bad karmas karma is not just punishment or just a you know yeah um yeah, yeah it can be you can also receive rewards or sort of cash in on those good deeds that you've done in a past life as well. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> so for people out there, if you want to experience a reading, chart reading with Ashley, go to sungoddessashley.com. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. Sungoddessashley.com. Okay, so cool. it's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for being with us. This was fun talking to you guys. Thank you it's for really having good to me. See you again. Yes, and, good to see uh, you. Speak to you again soon. Ciao. Alrighty, bye. Ciao. <laughs>